Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 17. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent. With me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. How you doing, Mike? Hey, oh, I am pumped to be here, Big Bet Brent. Amen, brother. And we're coming back from a short hiatus. Um, took the Christmas holidays a week early, I guess. But uh, hello, vacation. Hello, R and R. You got and tan. I'm- you got a little tan there, broski. Well, that's just the light. We switched all the lights in the house, <laughs> saving a couple of pennies, you know. But <laughs> no, yeah, we went down uh, down to Mexico. Talk about it uh, in the Diaper Dad Diary, but rejuvenated, uh, you know, relaxed, refreshed, ready to dive into NFL Week 14 recap. And then uh, we're going to try something a little different this week. We'll probably split it into two separate episodes. So stay tuned for very shortly afterwards. We're also going to be talking about NFL Week 15, pick five. But nevertheless, Mad Money Mike, haven't seen you in two weeks. How's it going over there, man? Is it cold up there? I mean, it's winter time. Are you in the holiday spirit? How you been? Well, unlike uh, our loyal listeners, you have eyes on Mad Money Mike at the moment. How do I look, man? Do I look cold? I got a. It looks on? frosty, man. Like oh, it yeah, looks I'm... wintry up there. Oh yeah, Sound Studio B is frosted over, my man. I am. Uh, I am colder than. Uh, I am colder than the Giants' playoff hopes. You know, it's. Uh... Oh, oh <laughs> that's. Go- I need to, but don't. <laughs> that's that's hot. That's uh... a hot take on a cold night like tonight. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's good though. It's good. I'm glad to see you again, man. Uh, after the hiatus, glad that you made it back from south of the border, safe and sound. Can't wait to hear about it. Uh, and, oh my uh, yeah, god, we missed uh, we missed some pretty solid football. And I'm ready to pick up right where we left off. Yeah, it stunk. Just things didn't work out. We were hoping to cast, uh, you know, get get off and look at uh, week 13. Just didn't work out. Uh, maybe that'll be a lost episode later or something. But uh, anyway, we're coming at you from the Underdog Podcast Network. And right now we're casting Monday Night Football is underway. The Rams are at the Cardinals. And I hadn't been able to watch it, but doing a quick score check, uh, the Rams on the road are up 10-3. Mad Money Mike, the the Rams, you know, two and a half point underdogs in this game coming out to a, a strong start. Looks like we're midway through the second quarter. Have you been paying attention to this? What's been going on? Oh, I popped in and out. Kyler Murray threw a goal line interception, and uh, that obviously turned the tide quite a bit. The Cardinals were on the precipice of having 10 points. Uh, the Rams go down and get some points off turnover, so a uh, big momentum shift on the turnover. Uh, Arizona seems to be moving the ball quite easily, so for all of you live betters out there, with the Cardinals being down by seven, now is the time to pounce. I do believe that we can get an in-game money line check, and I would bet you that it is probably less than plus. Oh, you mean a plus 110? You can get plus 110 right now. Cardinals plus 110 on the live money line. That is a lock, folks. If you like money, go ahead and put a bet down. We are three minutes in, and we've already got our first lock. 
courtesy no. Mad Money Mike. This is going to be an excellent episode. Let's get right into it, which uh, we're, we're going back to Thursday Night Football, Week 14, Steelers at the Vikings. Now, this is pretty much a bowl game. Like, hey, who is worse? Like, you know, the Steelers, they tried to lose to the Lions, but they couldn't quite pull it off. They got the tie. But the Vikings, they got it done. They lost to the Vikings. I'm sorry. They lost to the Lions. And so now they play head-to-head. Thursday night football, short week. Steelers head into Minnesota. And boy, this one was a blowout. But then it almost became the biggest comeback in NFL history. The Steelers down 29-0. Storm all the way back to within a Pat Fryermuth touchdown catch and two-point conversion in the closing seconds of the fourth quarter to almost force overtime. Mad Money Mike, for those fantasy owners that had Dalvin Cook coming back from injury, how he was going to perform that game was either one of two ways. If you sat him on the bench, he was going to go for 205 yards and two touchdowns. And I feel sorry for any of our loyal listeners that did that because Dalvin Cook popped off. And then, of course, the alternate reality, everyone that plays Dalvin Cook, he like re-injures himself and goes for like five yards. But anyway, Dalvin Cook pops off. There's some premature celebrations that I want to get your take on um, that I really think talks about the Steelers' you know, grit and locker room presence. But nevertheless, Mad Money Mike, what an exciting second half. Big Ben, I guess, woke up. Maybe he still had some you know, traducan, tryptophan hangover from Thanksgiving. But what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, it was it was everything that we thought the Steelers were for most of the game, and then it became everything that we know the Vikings are. Turd on turd. This was turd on turd action, dude. This was hot pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, that's that's gold, man. That is absolute gold. Yeah, this was hot. This was hot turd on turd action. Uh you know, just to kind of skip to the exciting part with that Steelers comeback and the Vikings doing some embarrassing form of, of prevent defense with conservative offensive play calling, you know, to, to allow the Steelers to do that, uh, culminating with the final play of the game, Ben throwing what could have been the greatest pass in NFL history. I don't know, maybe not because it wasn't like a playoff game or anything, but to set a record. A set of record one time ever to be the lone biggest comeback in NFL history is a monster record holding place. And so to put that pass on the money in that moment and Fryermuth had his hands on the ball. And I really, if you watch that slow-mo replay, the way that the, the Vikings defenders hit him and jarred the ball loose, there's really nothing he could have done. Incredible pass from Ben. He did. He put his body in the right position. The Vikings defenders just made uh, an impeccable play on the ball at that moment. And of course, they still would have had to have gotten the two-point conversion anyway. So it's not like that particular catch hung the record in the balance. But man, if you love football, what an exciting last drive. Now, I know you've got uh, a hot take that you want to talk about on that last drive. Absolutely. our man, Chase Claypool. Oh my, he is getting slaughtered on social media. They did it like a nice side by side. I guess anyway, to get to the play, it's like fourth and two. The Steelers are driving. They need to clearly we're talking about they need to get the score in the two point conversion. Quick pass. Claypool gets the first down, takes a couple extra seconds to do like the you know, the pose and the finger point. <laughs> and like 
one of the offensive linemen, hey, what are you doing? We do not have any timeouts. So he tries to run over. They like bump into each other because Chase Claypool wakes up. Ball goes scampering. I did see a Twitter. Somebody noticed that like a Minnesota defender may have snuck in there and kicked the ball out. But nevertheless, it adds 12 more seconds until they're able to get the next snap off. Mad Money Mike. Now, Chase Claypool, he's been getting drugged through the mud. And, and I guess I it's hard to argue with all these naysayers. Um, are you are you going to defend Chase Claypool or are you going to pile on with me? No, no, because I actually I saw a breakdown of it on Twitter, and I think that it comes out to be I think I, what I saw was nine seconds. Nine seconds. If, if you really count it up, there is a a a pretty concrete, definitive nine seconds there from if he had immediately caught that ball, run over, placed you know placed the ball there so that the ref could have done a quick spot and got in line versus. Mm-hmm. The thing, the guy running over, the kicking of the ball, the the quick little fumble, getting it, it, it pretty is de- it's pretty definitive that that was about nine seconds, maybe mm-hmm. say eight seconds to be a little bit more conservative. So eight seconds is a potential at least cool one play. play. Yeah, now, it could be two plays. Exactly, it could have been two plays. I was going to say, but then of course, if you watch Ben, then through the next pass with no timeouts, he threw it. Like he stuck uh, Deontay Johnson like in the middle of the field. Deontay Johnson makes an incredible shimmy shake to get out of bounds. If he hadn't been able to do that, if the Vikings guy would have tackled him, that eight seconds wouldn't have mattered because he was far enough downfield. They probably wouldn't have been able to spike the ball. So that's kind of a funny thing that like really, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. So it's tough to say. But in the end, I'm going to have to pile on to Claypool a little bit. You have to have game awareness. Now he's a young player. He's an excitable player. You can't blame him for having that excitement, but you can certainly knock him hard for not having the game awareness. And in the end, it could have mattered. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. He is young and, you know, hopefully coachable. It's, it's just seems like bad pub week after week. A couple weeks ago, yeah. he's like, eh, practice is boring. We need some music. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, Chase, why don't you just practice and play hard? And then the other thing that upset me was the Steelers were down like 29 to 7. The defense got an interception, not even a pick six, just an interception. And they like everybody ran down to the end zone and like posed for the, you know, that end zone camera. And it's like, guys, you're losing by 22 points right now. Have a little humility. I was just, you know, Mike Tomlin, he's an old school Steeler. He's a he's tough. And he hates all of that, I'm sure. And so I can't help but uh, feel a little bit for him, especially uh, after tying the lines a couple weeks ago and pretty much not having a shot at making the playoffs. Because if you look at the Steelers' schedule moving forward, it is a murderer's row. So we're going to talk a little bit about you know Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. But nevertheless, it, it's tough sledding for, uh, for the Steelers. And uh, yeah, I'm not optimistic. But anyway, the uh, Vikings hang on. 36-28, and now let's head to the Sunday slate. So we're actually going to talk about the uh, another AFC North division game. This one was the Ravens in Cleveland. Ravens 22, Browns 24 in the world's most impressive backdoor cover. So Lamar Jackson sprained ankle, first play of the second quarter. At halftime, they're down. The Ravens are down. 24 to 6 with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. And the line for this game was Ravens plus two and a half. And Mad Money Mike, I was watching this and I was just imagining you just saying, like, oh, there's no effing way that the Ravens come back. I'm all in 
on the Browns money line at like minus 4,000, but it doesn't matter because it's free money. And then crazy enough, Tyler Huntley with two lost fumbles, the Browns do not score in the second half. They come back within a two-point conversion of tying this game, end up losing by two, covering the spread. And there's even some bad play calling I want to talk about in here as well. But nevertheless, the Ravens make a game out of it. Mad Money Mike, it looks like Lamar, it's not a high ankle sprain, so he he might play this next week versus the Packers. But are the Ravens kind of – I think this this isn't good for either team, I don't think. So I'm kind of curious what your takes are on this game and also about uh, the teams as uh, you know we close out uh, this, this last playoff push. This really actually does say quite a bit of bad about both of these teams. In the AFC North in general, with the Bengals you know, faltering for two games in a row now, I mean, it's starting to look like the NFC East, you know? It's, it's not good, man. It's not good. What else I thought was funny here, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, the Ravens, you know, the, they got an onside kick in order to, uh, you know, potentially tie the game. The Browns guy was not even looking like the ball, like it either hit him like square on the side of the helmet or like yeah. right on the side of the shoulder, but he was not even looking at all. So it's like, dear Browns, you need some special teams help. But yeah, I want to talk team. a little bit about the bad play calling. So the Ravens yeah. are driving down. They took a in my opinion, a bad spike. There was more than two minutes left about the 40-yard line, and it was first and 10, and they spiked the ball. They still had the two-minute warning. They still had at least one timeout. Mad Money Mike, they needed that down more than they needed those extra five seconds. So I, I had uh, I took issue with that one. Also yep. on fourth and six, they did a slant pass for two yards yep. at the end of the ball game. That I was mean, the worst. That yeah, was the worst. that <laughs> – that's Steelers love, level bad play calling. Yeah, I would love to know. There's no way that that was the play called. There's just no. There's no way. I mean, you know, obviously when a play is called, when a pass play is called, you've got several receivers out there running routes. So yeah, you know that the 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 intent of the play that was called was not to throw it to that guy. So I believe that was on Huntley. Now I don't have verification, but almost certainly the coaching staff called a play with the intent of him throwing it to someone else. But just in the moment, he threw a check down to end the game. Obviously, <laughs> you know, not going to want to check down in that case there on fourth and six, uh, Mr. Huntley. But uh, regardless, thank you for the exciting comeback. But uh, tough to see it end that way. All right, so there you go. Ravens fall to the Browns, almost make an epic comeback with a backup quarterback. But alas, it is not to be. Let's move on to another noon game that shouldn't have been close, but almost had an uh, an exciting comeback. The Cowboys in Washington taking on the football team. Cowboys take it away 27-20. to 20. This is just laughable. The Cowboys were crushing them. And then with uh, more terrible play calling, Dak throws a pick six. Next thing you know, you know, the Washington football team score, you know, two touchdowns and – Kyle, with a backup quarterback, Taylor Heineke goes out with a knee injury. Kyle Allen, it, had it not been for a fumble loss, Washington football team could have come back and tied this game. And in fact, because of a missed PAT, they were down seven. Interestingly, the spread, the line closed at six and a half. So a lot of betters there uh, were either upset or very happy. But Washington yep. football team could have won this game. Oh, yeah. And uh, the Dallas offense 
is really sputtering. Dak had a QBR of 9.9, which is awful. Average is 50. Luckily, the Dallas defense, led by rookie linebacker Micah Parsons, shined. Um, They held Washington football team to 224 total yards. They forced four turnovers, and they had one defensive touchdown and five sacks. Mad Money Mike, curious your take on this game. You know, what happened with uh, with Dallas there? Why they let Washington back into it? A lot of people thought that Washington was the sexy underdog pick. Did you see what you thought you saw out of Washington football team? And what do you think the, the future holds for the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are in a rough spot. They're in a rough spot. Now, I said on our last pod, I said the Washington football team is the real deal. And, you know, they they play at a high level. Now, with that being said, you know, a lot of this was against a backup quarterback. And, and, you know, kind of similar to what we just talked about with the Ravens, you know, when you come out, when you're able to execute offensively in the beginning of a game, the other team is going to make adjustments. That's what defenses do. And then what you have to do is you have to make offensive adjustments. These teams that, you know, have coaching liabilities. Now the Ravens, this is not the case. Obviously the Ravens, you know, a little bit of a different situation going on there. I think you know, Lamar is, has been playing at a, at a pretty low level for a few weeks in a row now, and then he went out with an injury. So a little bit of a different story there. But, you know, we've talked about how McCarthy is a liability on the Cowboys. And this is a guy who fails to make in-game offensive adjustments to match the defensive adjustments. We see this. We see this with the Cowboys. They've got the offensive firepower. They've got the playmakers, but they cannot move the ball on offense. They, they sputter. And whatever they come out to do, they, they can't make in-game adjustments to keep up with the pace and change of the game. So we saw that again, and there's nothing to indicate that that's going to change going forward. They're going to keep being hamstrung by their 12th man. This 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 bum on the sidelines who couldn't even cut it with, with MVP Aaron Rodgers that for some reason Jerry Jones thought would be a good idea to bring on, he's, he's putting them behind the eight ball, man. And, and when you've got that many playmakers and you see what's happening, you can only point the finger at one place. That's the coach. The Cowboys are in rough shape, man. It's not good. If they can somehow limp into a wild card spot or the playoffs in any form or fashion, uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to, uh, you know, win in the postseason. Well, they should get one home game. They're, I think they're going to win the division. And, and if this this game should have sealed that, you know, Washington football team was the likely contender there. So I think they're good for one home playoff win. But I think you're right. Their offense needs some help. I'm very pleased to see, I have a little bit more of an optimistic view, although I do share your concerns about the coaching staff, particularly Mike McCarthy, like you said. So I'm excited that their defense is coming on so strong. I think that that is most important for good December and January football. Well, that's a great point. On the offensive side of the ball, Tony Pollard was out this game, but I like the you know the two-headed dragon of that is their run game, which is just as important as that defense. And then when you get to Dak Prescott, the quarterback, that along with the coaching staff is the concern is at this point the liability. I have a lot more confidence in Dak Prescott riding the ship. I checked yeah. his QBR of like the last four or five weeks, and it's not been good. You know, I mentioned nine point nine this past game. Average yeah. is fifty. Zach Wilson is last in the league for the season average about like 40. So the, a range is like 40 to 60. The best NFL quarterback is Tom Brady. His QBR is like 61. So just because the scale is 0 to 99, it's not like Madden. You need to be in the 90s. But QBR 9.9 is not going to cut it. But like I said, if anybody can fix it, I think Dak Prescott is a elite-level quarterback, and he will fix it. 
He's just that good. So that gives me a lot of hope and optimism. But at the end of the day, we need to see it. And if there's one thing that can stymie a quarterback's growth, it is coaching. So the concern is real. At the end of the day, it's good to see Dallas defense get the win. Washington football team is crazy. Like Chase Young went out and they're almost like a better team. Couldn't quite, you know, complete the comeback yesterday, but nevertheless, a good game, uh, which uh, didn't start out that way. So let's head into the afternoon slate. For the first of two overtime games. Now, this is the San Francisco 49ers in Cincinnati went to overtime. The 49ers pull it out 26 to 23. This game wasn't that close in the fourth quarter, but the Bengals put together an exciting comeback. They were down 20 to 6. They also had two muffed punts in the first half that the 49ers turned into 10 points. So good job by the Bengals to force overtime. The 49ers missed a game-winning 47-yard field goal to avoid overtime, but it just missed wide right. This was the George Kittle show. He went, he had 13 receptions for 151 yards, one touchdown. The 49ers didn't have any turnovers, and that is exactly what you need if you're going to play good football. Jimmy G, game manager, uh, the 49ers still got 100 rush yards without Elijah Mitchell. Each defense did have five sacks. So, Mad Money Mike, crazy enough, the 49ers are now back in the playoff conversation in the NFC. I uh, Are you as high on the 49ers as I am, or are you just a little lower on the Bengals? It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I'm somewhere, I'm somewhere in between. You know, the Bengals staged... The 49ers have been playing pretty high-level football for the last few weeks, and the, and the Bengals staged a, a a hellacious comeback. I mean, this was awesome to watch. They get the ball in overtime. They move it down the field. They score the field goal. They do what they have to do, and then their defense, you know, lets them down. They probably, uh, you know, clammed up a little bit in the face of of a potential big win, and uh, and they let the 49ers come and score a touchdown to seal it at the end, but. It really, in a way, could have been a case of who had the ball last, and uh, it was it was a sad game to see end. But man, can you imagine the Bengals hangover that they had today? I mean, that's just like an angry hangover. I mean, having having to go to work on a Monday after a game like that, brutal, man, <laughs> brutal for Bengals fans. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the Bengals uh, been on a little bit of a slide as of late. Uh, we'll see if they can right the ship this next week, but nevertheless, a good game and one of two overtime games in the afternoon slate. Let's head to the second. <laughs> this one had a little more flair. This was a, a little more storyline, a little more narrative, uh, a little more excitement. The Buffalo Bills in Tampa Bay force overtime, but the Buccaneers run away with it. They win 33-27. to 27. Mad Money Mike, Tom Brady broke. I, I don't understand. He's not breaking bones. No, he's 44, and he's breaking more NFL records. He threw his 700th touchdown pass, uh, which was a walk-off for the win in overtime. And also, he surpassed Drew Brees for most completions all time. It's so crazy. You know, Antonio Brown's been out with his suspension. It's next man up in Tampa Bay. It was the first and only pass that Brashad Perryman caught all day was a walk-off 58-yard touchdown reception in overtime. Now, the Bills, they also executed a, a nice comeback. They were down 17 with you know 11 and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. I just cannot believe that the, Bill, the Bills could do anything they wanted against the Buccaneers for the last half of this game, anything they wanted. 
I mean, it was unbelievable the way they played that second half for them to come out and lay such a hot turd in overtime. A three and out in overtime was just mm. – I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And then, of course, they, you know, they kick the punt and it goes out at like, you know, the five-yard line or whatever, and they're like all cheering and jumping around and like everyone was so excited that the punt went out on the five-yard line. And they like, are you failing to – recognize the fact that it doesn't matter what yard line it's on, that you just gave the ball to Tom Brady in overtime. Like, of course he was going to end the game. Only needing a field goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, it was so embarrassing, you know, such an embarrassing finish for the bills after that comeback. I mean, that is going to, that's going to sour the mood, man. That's going to sour the mood. They haven't been playing great. They haven't been playing great. You have a chance, you know, for a statement win and uh, you let something like that happen, you know, to, to come out and to treat overtime like it's the beginning of the game where you can just casually go three and out and give the ball back to Tom Brady. There's no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. That was bad, man. Uh, the Bucks continue to roll and uh, Tom Brady continues to stack up the, uh, you know, that the accolades. Like you said, man, it's uh, it's it's impressive to watch him play every week. They've they've definitely got uh, they've got their own question marks. But when you've got a guy like Tom Brady, who's an on the field coach and a a Hall of Famer in action. He's going to know how to mobilize the troops and keep the guys focused each week. So <clears throat> there's they're still the champs until they're not. Yeah, this was just an all-around great performance by the Buccaneers. They had zero turnovers. Turnovers had been plaguing the Buccaneers, so that was real, uh, real heartening to see. They only had four penalties for 24 yards. Tom Brady continues his domination of the Buffalo Bills, regardless of what team he plays for. He's 33-3 and all-time versus the Bills. And you were talking about how the Bills are in a little bit of a slump. Uh, you're absolutely right. They started off 4-1. and one. And they've been they've gone three and five since then. And I want to highlight the fact that they don't have any running backs. Their running back is also their quarterback. Not good. And I don't think that's sustainable. It's awesome. Nope. Don't get me wrong. Josh yes. Allen, he threw for 308 passing yards and he rushed for 109 rushing yards, three total touchdowns. He's only the fourth player ever to do that. 300 pass yards, 100 rush yards. But besides that, the Bills did not have a rushing attempt by a running back until the third quarter, and that was a failed fake punt. That so, is. What, what, what's, your, what's your terminology, Mike? Roll that around in your noggin for a second. Like That yeah. is not a recipe for success no. on any stance. If you don't have a run game, and on top of that, you're trying to have your quarterback run for 100 yards, that's not going to end well, and it hasn't been working. So I really hope that the Bills front office is like putting some serious thought into what they're going to do for their game plan in order to get, you know, lighten the load from Josh out a little bit. I mean, I feel like this is just the next Lamar Jackson waiting to happen where he's going to get hurt somehow because they're just relying on him way too much. But yeah, uh, what an exciting game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers all but seal up the NFC South. They have a chance to like formalize it this week when they're at home versus the Saints. But Mad Money Mike, let me give you a little props for the uh, NFC South division winner, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but that's not a jinx. Hey, buy me a beer. Buy me a beer. Whatever I can do, man. Whatever I can do. I'm here. I'm here to. Uh, I'm here to make money for the masses. You know, I'm like. Uh, I'm. I'm basically like a modern day Robin Hood. All right, so that is gonna do it for our NFL Week 14 look back. Mad Money Mike, let's take a look at the NFL standings and playoff picture after this past week of games. You know, after this 14 weeks. So AFC East. I'm just going to go through the AFC. The division winners right now are the Patriots, Ravens, Titans, 
and Chiefs. And then let's talk about who's in the wildcard race. Right now, the uh, Chargers, Colts, and Bills are the final three wildcard spots. Colts and Bills are at seven and six. And you've got three other teams at seven and six, the Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, and Denver Broncos all at seven and six. So still a lot of fight left to go for these last couple of weeks, but Mad Money Mike, any any thoughts? Oh man, it is it's such a fascinating situation in the AFC. Uh, I I like the Colts. I mean, the Colts are in the sixth seed as we speak. So I like the fact that they control their own destiny uh, as it relates to you know division winner. Uh, my apologies to our loyal listeners. Mad Money Mike is uh, he's certainly here to make you money, but he's not going to win them all as we know. And the Colts pick to uh, to win the division didn't pan out. I really, uh, I really sold that one, and I think that if if the schedules had lined up differently, you know, just based on on field talent and play, the Colts got it. But man, when you look at the schedules, like the Tennessee is like, I don't even know what you would name the rest of their schedule. Just like the powder puff, the powder <laughs> puff walk off, and the Colts have like Apocalypse two point I mean, it's like an incredibly difficult end of schedule for the Colts and incredibly easy for the Titans. That's going to certainly seal uh, the Titans as the division winner there and, and, and keep the Colts to a wild card spot. But with that being said, I like that they control their own destiny just to make the playoffs and they certainly will. And then, um, you know, the Bengals and the Bills are, are probably the next two teams. Now, certainly you've got the Broncos. You've got the Broncos at seven wins also. And the Broncos have been playing some decent football. Can Teddy Two Gloves get it done? I mean, it's going to be fascinating to watch. So, for that last spot, who do we like? I have had to pick one. I just think based on just sheer incredible future Hall of Fame talent, I got to go with Josh Allen and the Bills. Okay, so I have them up right here on Cap Drinks. Denver, you know, seven and six, right? So they're a tie break from being in or out. They're plus 250 to make the playoffs, Mad Money Mike. That may be worth maybe a one or two sprinkles. What do you think? Certainly. Certainly sprinkle worthy. I would I would lower your units, but certainly, but obviously that's what a sprinkle is, is lowering your units. So yes, sprinkle worthy indeed. Plus two fifty. Right. Plus two fifty is nice money. What are the bills at? I was about to say that next. Buffalo Bills to make the playoffs are minus three hundred. So yeah. I mean they they're three and five in their last eight, and they've got some serious problems. Uh, maybe sprinkle a bit on the note, plus two twenty five. Yeah. I mean that's yeah faith uh, in the in the Bills coaching staff. I mean, like I said, like I said, you're talking about a generational talent in Josh Allen. That's and true. And then of course, and then of course they're looking at the Browns, the Bengals, and the Broncos. You know, so basically mm-hmm. between those four teams, that's what they're saying: who's going to get the last spot? And to mm-hmm. say that one of those three teams, Browns, Bengals, Broncos, is somehow better than the Bills, is a tough sell. And obviously, they're factoring in. Uh, remaining schedule and opponents and stuff as well it uh sprinkle worthy sprinkle worthy but uh but i keep an eye i keep an eye on uh i'm certainly not betting too much on that all right let's take a look at the nfc division leaders you got arizona cardinals green bay packers tampa bay buccaneers dallas cowboys and then in the wild card race you've got the rams at eight and four the 49ers at seven and six and then you've got Five teams fighting for that seventh spot, all at six and seven. Washington football team, Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles, 
Atlanta Falcons, and New Orleans Saints. Mad Money Mike, I'm going to ask, of most likely of those teams, unless you think Seattle or Carolina at 5-8 and eight can somehow slip in, I'm going to ask, who do you think is the best value or most likely to get that seventh playoff spot? Oh, boy. It's so hard to say. I mean, do we have an update on, on Hinky from Washington? I, it's expected to be good news. He should be back. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Will he be back at 100%? I mean, the Vikings, you're talking about Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and Jefferson at wide receiver. I mean, they've got a heck of a thing going in Minnesota. But, man, when you talk about 12th man liability, when you talk about a coach mm-hmm. stringing you, woof. Whoa. Who's worse, Mike Zimmer or Mike McCarthy, dude? This is dude, a battle of the mics. Dude, I'm going to need a double toilet flush on this one, man. Like, we've got... i give you one. <laughs> we've got a red-hot turtle alert in Minnesota, man. I mean, it is it is terrible coaching in Minnesota. We've been talking about it, and we see it again and again. And I think what you saw happen uh, with the Steelers eliminates the Vikings from this conversation. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got the Eagles, man. The Eagles have played some high-level football. They've got some talent. You know, they've got some talent. They've got some defensive talent. And Hurts, you know, old boy Squirts has the abilities, man. But, you know. They're not on the board. They are not on the board. The Eagles are not on the board to make the playoffs. That was going to be my pick. All right, we're going to have to write a support message to Catrings. That's, that's a problem. That's an oversight. Obviously, they're they're not. I mean, they're, they're on the board. Serious oversight. Yeah, they're on the board. That might be a, uh, some sort of a, a glitch. You know, it might be a bug. They might have their software guys working on that as we speak because they've got to be on the board. I mean, because basically, the way that I see it, depending on the hinky situation, it's between the Vikings and the Eagles. I just don't think the Falcons and the Saints are going to be able to stick it out. And then, of course, if, if Hinky can come back and, and play at the exact same high level, if he can come back quickly at 100% and Riverboat Ron can keep doing his thing, they're on the board. So now it's Mad Money Mike, gun to your head. Who are you taking? That was the question. Drum roll, please. Give me the Vikings, man. Give me the Vikings. Oh. Give me the Vikings. It's a gun to <laughs> Give me the Eagles, Mad Money Mike. Game All right, 50, I got faith 50, in Jalen Hurts. 50 to the tracker? Jalen squirts. Okay, yeah, there's a, there's a good chance that nobody gets it if neither of them make it. All right, good call. I, right. I like that. You get like 50 that. if it's uh, – If it's the Vikings, you get 50 Minnesota if it's the Eagles, and then obviously it's a, yeah. it's a no bet. Boy, if, I just if bet 50 make bucks it. on Jalen squirts. Okay. All right. We All got right. our first, first bet in the tracker. Love All the right. standings rundown. Love the finish to the season coming up. Loyal listeners, football fans everywhere. Turn up your volumes. We got a hot finish coming in. <laughs> Amen. I want to talk. Speaking of more betting and pickums, let's talk Yahoo Pick'em. This was the closest, you know, as as lo- provided the Cardinals can get it done tonight. I don't know if you can give us a score check here in a second, Mad Money Mike, but Pick'em. This was as close to a perfect week as I've ever seen. There was a lot of people. Yeah, Car Crazy Chris only missed one bet with one point for the Ravens. Archie Who missed one bet for two points. I missed one bet for three points. This is a stacked race at the top for this week. So I think Car Crazy Chris is gonna is gonna squeak out a win for this week. I think the season winner is gonna remain as Archie Who. Mad Money Mike, how'd you do this week? Uh, Mad Money Mike hung in there. 
I have got uh, I've got the most points out of anybody on this last game, other than uh, uh, Cheeto and the anti bet. We both have ten points on Arizona. That'll catapult me up to ninety eight points. That will put me in fifth for the week. Um, and then, of course, Dad to the Bone is probably going to send you an angry loyal listener email because what? if yeah, because if uh, the Rams. If the Rams hang on to win, Dad to the Bone takes it. He will have only missed Buffalo as his three-point play. Uh, so Dad to the Bone is pulling hard for the Rams. And, of course, like you said, Card Crazy Chris pulling hard for the Cardinals. Mad Money Mike continues to not win it all. Excellent. All right, let's talk bet stamp. Mad Money Mike, I hit a six-leg plus That's 877 so parlay. Dirty. That's I'm so back dirty. in it. I am That's so up, dirty. I'm up 900. Uh, oh. So I'm at like 1,400 bones. We each started with 500 bucks. You, and we've I got up to believe. 200 bucks to the winner. So Mad Money Mike, I crushed it this past week. I need to know how are you doing. I can't believe you're going to overtake me with these crazy parlays that you're hitting, man. Like that's a monster parlay. Like where were those parlays whenever we were like team betting? I would have had a monster <laughs> <laughs> I would have had a monster parlay myself, but it it was a five leg parlay. They all hit, <laughs> ah! but of course, the team that didn't hit was the Washington Football Team with the missed extra point and uh, pretty brutal. So, with that being said, my stack is at twelve forty six. Oh, so, I have overtaken you. Watch your review mirror. I'm already That's, spent my money. Hey, you already spent that money. Well, you better get a refund, dude. I can't believe. Over. Hey, this. Yeah, I would. I would. I would. I would keep your your trash talk in uh, in check because the, the rearview mirror goes both ways. It's a double. It's a it's a two way mirror. All right, and I'm coming in hot to finish. We're not. You're not that far ahead of me. You're only 150 bucks ahead of me, and it's only because you hit a monster parlay. So it's about uh, to get wild. It's it gonna be gonna wild, wild to finish. I can tell because you had you had kicked it into neutral and you were coasting. You were doing like coasting. one fifty dollar bet. You were a flyer. I got caught and, coasting. Uh, yeah. So Dude, tortoise in the hair. The, tip of the cap on the comeback, man. Tip of the cap on the parlay. Six Appreciate leg parlay. Dude, that's that's animal stuff right there, man. Yes, sir. Finally, a week with uh, no big upsets, and I took uh, Chiefs and Falcons on the money or on, with the points, so that uh, helped uh, boost those odds, but. Okay, excellent. All right, I tell you what, let's wrap it up with uh, we don't have a loyal listener email this week, but guys, please shoot us an email. We want to hear from you. Tell us how you're doing. Tell us your thoughts on the NFL. Tell us your thoughts on locks of the week. Any picks? It's a like podcast at gmail.com. Um, check us out on Twitter at it's a lock podcast. No apostrophes in any of those. Some of our recent tweets, underdog podcasts. You know, there are uh, they're our partner. They are giving away a PS5. So guys, check that out. I retweeted it, how to get in the raffle for that. Also, Mad Money Mike, the college football Final Four is out there. Alabama has jumped up to the one seed. Michigan's the two seed. Georgia is the three seed. And Cincinnati is the four seed. We're going to have to talk in the green room. We're probably going to have to do some sort of episode, not only to talk college football specifically, but also, you know, we're going, it's no, it's no secret. It's like podcast is headed to Las Vegas Hello. in January for you know, the championship game. So I'm sure we'll do something, uh, some live, you know, podcast at that time, but yeah, just stay tuned for that. Also, Medman, I don't know if you saw this one, but I retweeted it. Urban Meyer. So, you know, he got into, uh, 
there was some some news about how he just like straight up called his coaching staff garbage and it's a real toxic atmosphere over there in Jacksonville but they got shut out to the Titans and anyway they went to go shake hands and this was just the most defeated deflated air <laughs> out of the balloon like you you might as well have thought I I can't even man did you see this like help me explain this to our loyal listeners that for some reason or another are not following us on Twitter uh, have you ever been to a fish market and behind that plexiglass, there's just like the dead fish there and its eyes like glazed over and it's like <laughs> glossy and it's just staring off into the darkness. That was that, that's, that, that's the description. If you didn't see Urban Meyer, like that's what he was just being like, just like drug, like, like by forces unknown across the field, like to like, just throw out a little limp ghostly handshake, man. It was the most pathetic thing uh it's unreal what this guy is like when you go back and like look at his entire history a lot of people have forgotten a lot of stuff about him this isn't the first time that he's been a piece of crap he's been a piece of crap like a lot of different times now he's had success at the college level but largely because i don't know unfortunately kids that aren't like being paid and like this is everything to them can be taken advantage of by, I'm not going to use the word predator, so I'm just going to not use the word predator, but of, of a guy like this, man, like this, he's, he's, this is a person who takes advantage of kids and the position that kids are in and, you know, essentially exploits the talents of those kids to have racked up success at the college level. And he thought that he could take that mentality over to the NFL. All the reports from the players are like, this guy is literally like treating us like children. Like these are grown men. These are adults making like millions of dollars. Like it's not the same thing in any way. And he's trying to treat them like kids, like the veteran wide receiver that that stormed out of practice, like was leaving the facilities and like all these other coaches, like, you know, went and like, you know, talked to him like, please don't do this, man. Like the repercussions of this, you don't want to do this. Like you got to come back. And he like comes back and he ends up having a big. So, you know, what he's done in the locker room, you know, the angst among the players is like at an all time high. And then, of course, you know, like you were saying, it, it, it bleeds into the coaching staff. And there was, you know, obviously the incident where he didn't travel home with them after the Bengals game. He like stayed and the girl dancing and everything. It is just bizarre. It is awful. This guy is going to go down as a, as, a, as a class A turd. He's going to be one of the hottest turds of the entire year. Top 10 turds of all time. And uh, <laughs> top 10 turd of all time. <laughs> and uh, uh yeah, and so it, the interesting thing, the question on everyone's mind is, do they fire him after this season or before the end of the season? The answer has to be yes. Like, come on, man. Like, do the right thing and can this turkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We, we're going to take a quick break. We're tinkering with the, the show architecture, and I think we're going to start breaking it into two episodes. So this is a perfect a perfect breaking point for season two, episode number 17. We'll be right back with the NFL Week 15 look ahead after this break. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.